recent series that we created is especially tailored to the difficult times that we are facing with COVID-19. Today, I'll be speaking with Alex Dickerson, CMO of The Daily Front Row, about the current climate and possible future of experiential, as most brands are now facing an uncertain future. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, really thanks for me. It's fun to be here. Thank you so much. So I always start the show with the question, what do you believe? Yes, and this is a great question because it made me think about how that applies to my personal life and my professional life. And I sort of realized that it's one of the same. I mean, there may be variants on it, but for me, I always believe that the collective shared experience between people is greater than anything that an individual might do on their own. And that's not to say that I don't believe in, you know, personal experiences and doing things for yourself, but I find that the sharing of that and just kind of finding a group that feels a similar way or can help support and entertain that always makes it better. I think the parts are always create a bigger whole in the end. And it's interesting to see that in my personal life and how that happens, but then I felt so lucky as I was exploring it because I get to do that in my job. And you know, they, there's the old saying that if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. I think I'm very lucky and I've always said that I currently have my dream job because I get to do the thing that inspires me on a personal level. So for me, what I believe is it's all about personal connections and sharing and finding interesting environments and educational moments to really bring people together. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. Thank you. Incredible. Well, can you, can you just tell everyone exactly what you're do, what you do at the daily front row? That is this dream job. That sounds incredible. <laughs> sure. I always say I'm the glorified cruise director of the magazine. So for anybody that's not familiar, the daily front row is a magazine and fashion news website. So we publish news um, throughout the day, every day online at fashionweekdaily.com. And then we also have special issues that we print. So we print during Fashion Week, we print um, an LA issue, we do something in Miami during Art Basel, and we have a Hampton series. So as the CMO, I get to wear a lot of hats. Um, and primarily, the biggest thing that I do is I do events for our magazine itself on its own. We do things for partners and sponsors. And it's really about creating experiences for our readers to come together and meet a brand or meet us and you know, just kind of be fabulous together. I think we can all agree when you're in a, a room, no matter how big the crowd is, when you're with like-minded friends and the fashion group, you just get that like buzz and that energy. So I'm the person that puts that all together um, from concept to venue, to what you're drinking, to what you're experiencing with our sponsors. And it's, it's great. I'm like a camp counselor cruise director. So. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. I, that sounds so fun. That really, that's, that is a dream job. I mean, it just sounds perfect. Um, so right now, how is that looking for you in terms of this climate, in terms of it's, I mean, it's the big question, you know? <laughs> it's definitely changed things up. <laughs> um, what does that look like right now? Yeah. So right now, the, I mean, we're all adjusting. I, this just happened. This is very recent history for everybody. Um, and so we're in the phase of how do we take things that we had in place and how are we revamping it so that it can be digital or it can be something that can be experienced in a way other than getting together? Because as an events director, if I can't put people in the same room, what do I do? So um, 
you know, we're shifting to understand how people are going to consume news and events and happenings. Um, and, you know, we're lucky because we do have this digital platform. And so I can drive a lot of things there, but it's, it's putting a, a call to action to anybody in the space of how are you going to let people know what you're doing? So um, obviously right now we aren't doing any events. Um, we wouldn't even if we could, because I think that would be, you know, the safety and the health of everybody is the most important thing. But at the same time right now, the mental health of everybody is equally as important. And if we're all sitting in isolation and people aren't finding things to tickle their brains and feel a little bit of that like fashion fantasy, what do you have? So I'm really trying to take this as a time to give people something to love and to look forward to instead of just bad news. Because we could all sit here and be inundated with bad news every minute of every day right now. And I think that there is something really valuable about finding pieces of enjoyment that are an escape. Um, so we're not going to be doing events until obviously everything is lifted and then some, um, I'm hoping that by summer, that's something that we can talk about in a, in a concrete way, not just sort of projecting, but, um, until then it's, how do you do, how do you share that on online? And we're doing that through, you know, zoom panels. It's doing things like I'm doing with you right now and having conversations that we're sharing at large that I think is really cool. And as much as it's been a moment of just turning my world on its head. Um, I think there's going to be some really cool after effects for this that are going to change the industry in a way that's going to be even better. Um, even the hardest times yield something that's really wonderful. So I'm trying to extract those seeds and plant them so that when we can go out and, you know, air quote, go back to normal, um, we can actually take some of the good with it and, and nurture that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, we all need, we, we, we need, we have to get, get away from CNN, get away from the news and just have some sort of, yes, <laughs> but it's very, very hard to do. I know it's always looming there. Um, but I love your positivity and I, I, that's great. So in terms of create, you know, creating and being creative, how do you tap into your creativity when you're sort of thinking about these, these things and thinking about how you can kind of, you know, what this looks like in the current climate? Like, how do you shift into that mm -hmm. space of, okay, I have to like, now I got to brainstorm. Yeah, <laughs> I have to brainstorm a lot. Um, I, on like a very basic kind of funny level, all of my best thoughts I, and, and creative ideas I have when I'm walking. So I have been taking a lot of long meandering by myself, six feet apart walks with a mask on, you know, I'm doing all those things, but I've been walking and sort of just letting myself get into nature and release a little bit from that. Like you said, the CNN that's always there. I mean, it's not with me when I'm out strolling along the water in Williamsburg. So um, I've been taking that as a time to really try to just put things on its head. Um, for me, it's about, forming connections without being face to face to somebody and not having that like immediate energy exchange when you are in the same room as somebody. Um, so, you know, I do think that there's still a tremendous amount that can be learned um, while, during this time while we're all in isolation. So I try to think about it as a woman or a person that couldn't go to an event anyway. So let's say I am fashion obsessed, but I live in Ohio and I can't come to fashion week because I have a full-time job and I can't go do that. How would I want to consume and how would I want to learn? And so I try to put that hat on in a real way, not just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We need to cater to, you know, the, the world, 
But what would I want to learn? It, it's not only how am I going to consume the information, but what do I want to know right now? Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly asking those questions of anything that comes to me. So, and I, and I put on the hat of, am I a brand? Like, how am I going to communicate to this person that's, you know, remote or, and, and remote now is also my neighbor down the street who's a fashion designer. Like, how am I doing that? And I think by having these more intimate conversations and sharing those online, I think that those are much more valuable than they might have been, might have been perceived in the past. Mm. I think there's been, I was speaking to somebody about this. I think there's been an interesting almost democratization of fashion in this moment where I, people that we previously didn't have access to because they didn't want to open up their lives are now feeling more willing to do so. And so I've really enjoyed that opening of people. And it's about taking that feeling and sharing that at a larger, to, to a larger base and like in a bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. That answers it. <laughs> well, I, think, I think you're, I mean, the, the collective and you're absolutely right. There is, there is, there's power in that for sure. Um, it's interesting because when, when I, when, when you say that, I think of what happened with Ariel Sharnas and how it sort of backfired. Sorry, can I say that? Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> it kind of really backfired on her and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, wow, I, I would just love your, I mean, your take on influencers and how, you know, that we're in such a sensitive time right now. And, you know, you can't be tone deaf about things, right? And, you know, it, it, it's, it's it, the business, we, we want, we love fashion. We, we want, we still want to read, of course, about fashion and all of, all of it. But the influencers that are, you know, selling these brands are kind of, some of them are not, and celebrities are—they're kind of tone deaf. So how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, that is a great point to bring up because I think part of the line that's being towed with that is tone deaf versus full authenticity, because yeah. nobody wants to see the perfect package. They didn't want to see that before this. They really don't want to see that now. So you can't package it so perfectly that you then appear tone deaf by not acknowledging like there is some crazy horrible stuff going on out there how do you maintain the authenticity on that while also being smart and being responsible in your space and influencers they're they're their own media unit each one they're going to have their own set of standards. They're going to have their own flexibilities on things. And I feel really, it, it must be a lot to have to balance exactly how my personal life is shown to an audience. But I think that there is a huge responsibility there that they need to be aware of before they post anything. And Ariel made a big mistake in that. And she got painted into a corner. Um, because in, in a lot of ways in examining what happened, I don't know if you read that epic Twitter thread of timeline and screenshots, but there I, I was reading it and the whole and I also read yes. Yeah, sure. and the whole thing I'm reading it and I was like, she's damned if she does and she's damned if she doesn't. She's she's really in a in a bad position. And I think what people were looking for that I think that they, they didn't feel they got was a real genuine acknowledgement of what happened. Um you know, I read a lot of things after she apologized online and everybody said, well, she never really addressed what happened. And this is the time and this is the climate when people really have to be honest and own their mistakes. 
I think we're in a time where there's going to be even people are very sensitive, but I also think there's more opportunity for forgiveness in this. And I think it's up to that community to say, and I'm not just talking about her, hey, I may have done this post and maybe it didn't resonate well. I'm sorry. I'm learning just like you are. We're all in this together for the first time. So I think we as an audience and as readers need to be thoughtful about that and not be so vicious. I mean, you know, the responsibility is on them just as much as it is on the influencer on how you manage that and what you expect of people. But, you know, it's really up to them to live the life that people should be living right now and representing that. And I have, so I, I do a ton in influencer marketing, a ton. Um, and I love it. And so many of those girls are, and guys are very, very close friends of mine. And one of my best friends is an influencer, um, Grace Atwood of The Stripe. And Grace, and so we all live in the same building. <laughs> um, so I live in this, yeah, I live in this hilarious Melrose Place four unit building. And of the four units, I'm one, Grace is another, our best friend Becca is in the top floor. And then we have like the strangers on the third floor who are the nicest people. But um, we, we have an isolation cell here. Um, and we're all very, very strict about not seeing people and, you know, I'm cleaning the hallways every five seconds, whatever. Grace has elected not to spend time with us. And Becca and I will see each other. And I feel safe with that. And I feel okay with that because I trust her. I know she's doing the same isolation I am and we're being smart. But Grace does not feel comfortable with it. And that is because she has a big audience who watches what she does and are concerned about her and are concerned and worried about themselves. And she doesn't want to bend the rules. And I respect the hell out of her. That's amazing. She's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. And I, and, and she said to us the other day, cause you know, we said we're, we're planning. I am the biggest extrovert you'll ever meet. Like, so I'm dying inside. I'm withering at the vine. Like I need human contact. <laughs> so Becca and I are, we, we planned this like Allison Roman dinner. Cause that was what was going to get us through it. Becca's also a, a big extrovert and we invited Grace and she says, I would love to come, but I, I can't, I don't feel comfortable. And we said, don't put it on social. She goes, but then it's not, I, that, that's fake. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's authentic. authentic. You know I love her. Like, yeah. I think it's amazing. And she felt she's, and this is where I felt really bad. She felt really guilty. She said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, don't be sorry. You are doing exactly what you need to do in this time. And I'm sorry I put you in a position to have to even feel that way. Wow. Thank you. Um, so I think, and she's addressed it on her Instagram and on her blog and said, this is what I'm doing. These are the things that I agree with. These are the things I don't. She doesn't call anybody out by name. There's a lot of influencers that made a lot of mistakes. Bless Ariel's heart. She's got one of the bigger followings and she did it in a very public way. But there are lots of others that have done just what she has. And lots of other people too. They're not celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I really respect how she's handling it and what, what she's doing. So that community has a lot that they have to adjust to and learn right now. Um, but I also think at the same time, they are in an amazing place to put out creative content and to work with brands in a way that they have before, but maybe they're amplifying. Maybe they're going to work with a different brand in a new way because of this. I mean, you want to look at what's going to be the most valuable place for marketing. It's influencers mm -hmm. because if I'm stuck in my house, I am much more likely to listen to a girl that's stuck in her house than a big media outlet. 
that you don't know who it is. I think putting a face to it is m so much more important now than it was even before. So I think there's a big opportunity there. That's a great, great point. Yeah. Point. I'm curious what you think also of, of everyone or a lot of brands being uh, attaching themselves to your cause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, want curious how going forward, how that's going to look like. I mean, if everyone's, all, if they're all attaching themselves to a cause, how are you effective? How will they be effective and 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 maintain authenticity if everyone is doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of people called Ariel out that she didn't donate to a to a fund. You know, at this point, she should be doing something like that to mm -hmm. sort of. So I'm I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, uh, I think I think everybody that believes in it and is ready to commit to it should do it. Um, that doesn't mean everybody has to do it. You know, it's not a bandwagon to do because it's cool. It's a thing to do because it's the right thing to do. And it's what you want to do to support this. And that can be a financial donation. That can be a product donation. That can be a call to action for your readers to do things. It's, you know, it can take a lot of different forms. Um, we did a great article about influencers that work with Socialite um, as an agency and what they're all doing. And it was so interesting to see the different ideas people have had, you know, some did a donation of a certain amount of cents per like on a sponsored post. Wow. I thought that was brilliant right? because it helps the brand. It wow. helps the influencer. And as somebody that's in engaging in content, you're helping this pandemic. I mean, it's, it's a world problem. So I think that there's been some like some, some very cool and innovative ways that people have found to donate and to be a part of things. But and the, the big question here is, if everybody's doing it, how do you know who's really doing it? How do you know it's it's real, the, the authenticity question? It's, I think it's, I think we're a savvy world in, in, the, in the online space. And I think it's going to be obvious who's doing it because they care and who's doing it because they should do it to be cool and to be in that group. And where you're going to see that is in the messaging and how people are promoting it. Are they doing it as a puff piece for themselves? Right. You're going to see that right away. You're yeah. going to the content that they put out about it. Is it, is it look? Does it read like a profile of oh, this designer has donated to this, and did you see the spring collection? Barf. That's right. not the way to do it. Is it the designer saying I believe in this? I was hit in this. I'm doing this. These are my people that are working. That's what's going to make a difference. And we're going to see number one. How long are people going to do it? Did they yeah. do it for the press release for their publicist or are they doing it through the end of this? Because this is a problem that is going to exist for a very long time. Yeah. It, no matter when we get out of the house and when we can safely see each other again, it is not over. And so who's going to, who's going to keep doing it and who's yeah. going to really commit and see that through. That's, that's when you're going to be able to identify who did it for the, the cause, not for the press. Mm, that so, is a, uh, what a great point. I'm, I'm just wondering, like, who do you think is actually doing a good, I mean, you just mentioned the light, the brand that's doing the likes and, and donations for likes. I mean, is there a brand that comes to mind that's kind of doing things really? I, I mean, you know, I'm not well versed enough in how many people are doing things and I don't want to say this to yeah. leave anybody out, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the ones that I think have, have stood out to me. I am so proud of all of the designers who have said, I'll make masks. I'll make gear. I'll donate time. 
Um, and there's a lot that have done that. And I think that's tremendous because it's solving a problem. It's keeping people employed, to my knowledge. And it's using skills and talents that they have. Like, I can't sew a mask. Yeah. I read this thing on, in the New York Times, how to make your own mask. And I was like, I don't know. that. No, this is not what I do. Right. Figure out a way to like advertise something, but like I cannot sew a mask. I think it's really cool that they have shifted and that they're using their materials for that. Yeah. Um, also, I've seen influencers. One who I just am absolutely crazy about um, is Wendy from Wendy's Lookbook, who she has a CBD store called Artemis in New York. She's fantastic. Talk about somebody who is so willing to share real experiences and whatever. She's just, and she's an OG. I mean, she's one of the first big influencers, but um, she set up a, a donation and I love seeing people that are doing that because it's, that is, it's entirely about COVID. It's yeah. not about like buy my stuff and then some of it will go there. Like it's just, no, here's a way to support and I have a platform and I'm using it. So I, I think those are the ones that I'm the most drawn to is the ones that are less about like, through me, you can help. It's just like, here, I've got a big audience. Just help go. So Right, right. And I'm wearing these amazing sweatpants that you need to buy. God. Um, <laughs> the sponsored car post on the way to the doctor. Uh, oh. Oh. I cringe. Yeah. I <laughs> and, the, and the bag and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> not. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> um. So I'm curious uh, if you could give brands like two pieces of advice or just mm -hmm. just two pieces of it. Because I have a lot of friends that like have startups and they're, you know, now it's like, what do you do when you're starting something and you want to get some attention and, you know, you're just starting out? Yeah. So the biggest piece, the first biggest piece of advice I'll always give a brand, especially somebody that's starting out right now. And this one's hard because right now we're, we're going through some very tough financial times. If you can double down somehow in your investment into your marketing right now, you will have three times the benefit that you would when this wasn't happening. It's like they say, invest in the stock market when it's low, you get a lot more for your money and then that really grows. Now, I understand if I'm a small brand and I'm hearing that, I probably would want to punch me in the face because if I don't have the money, like, how am I going to double down on it? <laughs> The way that that can happen is don't give up. Don't look at it and go, this is overwhelming. Everything is terrible. What do I do? I think now more than ever, people have a captive audience. I mean, our website traffic is up like 30% daily because everybody's stuck at home. Right. This is like eureka time for me. I'm like, people are reading. People are on. Like, Social media <laughs> engagement is at an all-time high. People are willing to follow. It's not less about a game. It's more about a care. So yeah. really invest in your brand put out good content god if i haven't seen some of the most creative and interesting things come out of people's homes right now from a comedic standpoint from a serious standpoint whatever get into that like let it just try things now is a great time the internet's also a great place to try stuff if it doesn't work don't do it <laughs> or, or tweak it you know like whatever right. so really invest in your messaging and where do you see your brand or whatever it is that you're doing fit into the world now and when and project what's the world going to be when it gets better and how are you serving some purpose and i'm not saying everybody's purpose doesn't have to be like a missionary mission right your purpose can be making people feel good about themselves by having cool clothes that's yeah. fine don't go wrong with that Perfect. so 
how are you different? Read everything, look at everything, try content, put it out. Um, I also encourage brands always look into inexpensive advertising options or marketing options. Facebook is a great place. I don't think enough people put in with a small budget, you can make a big impact and get a cool group of followers that are really into what you do. So try, I mean, I'm talking like a couple hundred bucks, which yes, is a lot right now when you're watching every penny, but yeah. it's going to pay off. So I would just say like really, really focus in on what makes you different and special and then just try stuff and get out there. Perfect. God, you just I don't know if that's two pieces of advice. I just rambled. <laughs> I mean, you just inspired me. I'm like, going to get on Facebook. And okay, perfect. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, thank you. I mean, so in terms of, you know, enticing, I mean, this is more of like, I mean, how, how, in terms of experiential, how do you think people will get lured to go in and buy and get and engage? I mean, we need, we need, we need the economy to get going again, right? So we need to kind of, it's hard when you're, like you said, worried about everything, you know, your spend. So what does that look like? How are we, how are you going to get people? Yeah, uh, this actually goes, this relates to what I said about what people can do right now. Yes. Your Brands and me and as a marketer or whatever, we need to tell people why these things are special. Yeah. And we need to do it in a way that's effective, efficient, short to the point. And it's now more than ever, people are going to want to buy things because they feel good about it. If that's helping a designer or a small company. I mean, I think, wow, as a small business, what a time to go out and say, I'm, say who you are. I'm a small business. I'm struggling. Mm. I'm making this from the bottom of my heart and I want you to love this because I love this. This yeah. is where the authenticity really comes in. Say that. I mean, maybe you don't want to say you're struggling. <laughs> try to be a little bit more positive. But, you know, <laughs> talking about the difference that it makes when a person purchases your item mm -hmm. for that company, I think that's awesome. You know, if somebody came to me and was selling a, a tote bag and I knew that there was an artist that designed that tote bag and that by purchasing it, I helped that artist and I, and it was sourced here and whatever. Give me some transparency. Yeah. So I'm gonna feel a lot better about spending $100 on that than if I'm just spending 100 bucks on, you know, some giant brand that's based out of I don't even know where. Right. So I think, you know, tell me why you're special. Tell me why I should spend my money there. And, and people will. I think mass kind of mindless consumerism is gonna be on pause for right now. So yeah. You know, sure. I'm not going to have a 20 item checkout cart, <laughs> but I may, I may buy that expensive cream right now. I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, see, that's the kind of thing I'm like little luxuries that have the beauty industry right now. I'll get it because everyone has to look good. In yeah. So that's, that's a really like, go for it guys. <laughs> like nobody can see my sweatpants, but like my face in a zoom call, like that's true. Yeah. Well, beauty cream, like, <laughs> Start a beauty brand, right? Well, yeah. But I think it's just about, it's about transparency and it's about, you know, why do I feel good about putting my money towards that? And, you know, a lot of people lost their job. I am not insensitive to that. Um, I mean, the, a lot of revenue streams have changed for everyone. Um, so we're going to hold on to that to stay safe and healthy on our own. But at the same time, I, part of, for me, I'll just speak for myself. I feel good when I buy something. 
I mean, I have a shopping problem, but um, I've, I feel good. I've, I've purchased things since going into this, but I've been much tighter. But the, those that have all done have been brands that have told me in some way or another how this is helping them and how this product will also make me feel better or can benefit my life. And that I think anybody can stand to do that from a big brand like a Zadig and Voltaire to a tiny little brand. Tell me, I mean, I saw Zadig is doing um, 30% off their site right now. And when you purchase um, some, some percentage, I don't know what goes to a, a world health organization. Okay. It's yeah. Right. Perfect. I mean, yeah. it, yes, absolutely. And, you feel good. Brand, yeah, you feel good about that, and and that's a brand like that's a big box brand. Like they can't tell me like you buying this shirt employed this one woman who works here. And look. I get it, they can't do that, but they're a big group that they're like number one. Here's an incentive for you because on ecom, I mean on single label ecom, their margins are huge. So thank you for giving me thirty percent off, and then thank you for donating towards it. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so, awesome. Yes. Well, nice. now you now you now you're gonna make making me want to shop after this. Shop. <laughs> I can send you all the links to the good places. <laughs> okay, promise. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm just curious about fashion week. What do you think is going to look? What is that going to look like? <laughs> oh, this is a conversation I had with the owner of our magazine yesterday, um, and every day we talk about this. Um, you know, before COVID and this pandemic, fashion week was sort of having a little bit of an identity crisis. It has been for years. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I grew up producing shows at Bryant Park, which dates me, but oh God, those were the days. Like, it was just the place to be. And, you know, over over time and as, you know, dot com and immediate has happened, like the whole dynamic of fashion week changed. I think in September, I mean, September, God willing, we are all going to be healthy and happy and safe to gather. Um, how is that going to look? I, cause I, I do think, I don't think people are going to want to gather in big, big groups for a while. And maybe that's not a bad thing. Um, I could see fashion week being more virtual. I could see shows that are really just for the editors and the buyers, but then are broadcast to a larger audience or live streamed. We live stream shows on our site all the time. It's awesome. What a yeah. great way to bring, you know, a, the Nicole Miller show to somebody in Iowa. Yeah. Like love that, it. And, and in real time, it's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think you can expect to see that. Like Tom Ford does that where, like, you know, it's such a small list and you have to put your phone away and you can't put it. I mean, I love it. Got everything that man does. But um, I think you can expect to see things like that. Less of put your phone away, more about have your phone out. Like, please share it with your audiences. But I think you can look for smaller events. You can look for more thoughtful and curated crowds. Um, that's going to be something I'm focusing on a lot because, you know, last fashion week I did a party at floor room for 400 of my closest friends. <laughs> wow. It's a great you know, place. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all 400 people didn't need to be there. It yeah. was really, we're going after a group of say 50 to hundred and the rest is awesome. Like it's not to say I don't want them there, but that was not that party necessarily didn't need to be that big. Um, right. how are we going to adjust down? And when are we going to have those big blowout parties versus when is it going to be more of a dinner party or a panel or a small group gathering? Um, I think people are going to want to go to events where they can learn something and then they can interact. Um, and this is where the experiential thing is really going to be so vital is why do I want to go out and be with all of these people? I mean, 
at the same time, I do also think the day that we're, this is lifted, it's going to be like party in the streets. <laughs> right. Right. But right. I think going forward, people are going to be more thoughtful about what they're going to and why, and also what they're going to share. Because to the point about influencers, are you going to responsibly share where you are? Like, is it, is it tone deaf to have a 500 person party in September? It might be. That's something that we have to really listen to. So assuming that it is not appropriate to have hundreds and thousands of people together gathering, I think you can look for virtual live stream and small groups that you're going to see at Fashion Week. But it's still, look, the chic must go on. It's, it's, we, it's a saying that we have, <laughs> I have a button. I have a button that says that. Um, it's not going to go away. It's just going to evolve. And Thank God for things like Zoom and live stream and the internet and, and Instagram and Facebook and all that. Like, thank God, because we can all still do it and you can all still have some joy. So I would look, I'd look for more of that. Were you surprised that Fashion Week happened in February? Were you sort of, what was your... You I, no, I wasn't. Um, and it's funny, I look back and I'm like, wow, that really, really wasn't that long ago. I think, I'll, just speaking for myself, I was really ignorant to what was going on with this really until it got here. Um, and that's going to be a learning for me, taking that away and saying, I yeah. need to be more world perspective on it. Um, it didn't, didn't even cross my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am thankful to say like, I did not throw an event where then everyone got sick <laughs> or mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, I think the, the responsibility of that would have been very tough, mm -hmm. but um, no, I'm not, I, I, I'm not surprised in hindsight. Wow. It, it, I mean, no, so many I, of us should have been more careful. Well, I was in Paris and I was invited to a few, but it was a different, you know, I think there you kind of knew that it was becoming, it felt bigger there. It, it felt more serious mm -hmm. because Italy is next door. So you felt it was like coming, you know, and it had already arrived. And I and think at that point what, it was also travel. Travel was the scary, scary. Travel was the scary thing, yeah. I had a lot of people that were like, well, I'm not going to go to Paris. I don't want to fly internationally. And right. I was like, fair enough. But here, I felt safe here. And that's why I wasn't surprised that it went off as it did. We weren't talking about it in the same way in February, early February. Right, right. It's so true. Oh. It just, it took, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, is there, I don't know, is there any, I'm just thinking... Um, in terms of balance, life balance and work balance right now, is there anything uh, that you want to just add to that in terms of like how you're personally, I mean, of course you have this amazing set of friends and you're all together and, and you have this fabulous job and, you know, you're handling it incredibly well because you're, you're a light and you're an amazing human. Um, I'm just wondering if there's, if there's anything you want to add to like how you're balancing all of this. Yeah. I, I think people need to remember to be kind to themselves and to be kind to others. Um, every, I, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who he was upset at someone else and they, they had gotten into a, a tussle at work type of thing. And I said, you know, you don't know what that person's going through today. You don't know if she lost her job. You don't know if a family member isn't feeling well. You don't know if she woke up with a headache and is freaking out. And I think people are really like scared to talk about what they're going through right now. Cause they want to like have this, this face of I'm okay. Um, I think we all just need to be kind, um, be kind to yourself first, because then that will spread into being kind to others. And that's a, it's a patience. I am like Mrs. 11 meetings a day, like go, go, go. And I can't do that now. And so 
I feel like my productivity suffers because of that. Mm-hmm. And I beat myself up. I need to let that go. And I need to say, you did as much as you could do today and show up for yourself and know that my day of productivity or in <laughs> or lack of it, somebody else is having that the next day. So be patient and kind to them. It's just about slow down. If you can take anything good out of this, learn to slow down and do things well and do things that are right for you and to do the right thing. So that would be my, my takeaway. Thank you so much, Alex. You're this conversation. You're incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's nice. It's really I like doing things like this and being able to speak to people and to you is so it gives me charge. Thank you. <laughs> And you do, you're doing the same for me. So thank you. This is like this is such a beautiful exchange, and 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 I can't wait for our live. Our yeah. live super super cool. So Good. thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge and all that you brought to this conversation. I really really appreciate it. You are most welcome. Thank you. I'll see you soon. <laughs>